This is Radio Influence. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. Hey, good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. Of course, I am your host, Vincent Hill. Today is Tuesday, August the 7th. That's right, it's August. That means for many of us, our kids have gone back to school or they're about to go back to school in the next couple of days here or in the next week for many of us across the country, especially here in the Southeast. On yesterday, it was my son's first day of school. It's his senior year. He's almost done. Nine more months. And what's that old saying? You don't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. Hey, when high school comes at graduation, I expect them to have that plan ready to get out of the house. I mean, that's what I did around that age. That's what most kids do around that age. I told them, hey, nine months will go by fast. Have that plan ready. He's talked to me about the military. He's talked to me about a few other things. Of course, I'll support him in whatever he does. But... He's got to have that plan. But I couldn't be more proud of my son. I used to call him Mini-Me. I can't do that anymore because he's six one and a half. I'm six one and a half. He wears a 13. I wear a 13. So I really can't call him my Mini-Me, but he carries my name. I couldn't be more proud of him that he made it. It's his senior year. He's never failed a grade. He's never given me any true problems. I mean, every boy tests their dad at some point in their life until they get punched in the throat. And then they realize I really shouldn't have tested this old man. I thought I could take him, but I couldn't. Of course he did that, but you know, we hashed through that. He's been with me for the last four years. He's been a true champ because he knows how busy my schedule is, but he's never, ever given me any true problems. I can't be any more proud of him than I am right now. You know, with this being his senior year this past weekend, we actually drove to Orlando on Friday, hung out at Universal on Saturday in Orlando. Oh, my God, it was hot. It was humid. But we started to get a little smart. There's this thing called the single riders uh, at all of the rides, most of the rides there, where if you say you're a single rider, you skip all that other crap and you walk right into the ride. So we started doing that. There was a few times we ended up on the same cart or in the same uh, vehicle, if you will. And there were a few times when we didn't, but we were totally fine with it. So we ended up staying at the Westgate Plaza, which we stayed at last year when I took my son and my daughter. The place is really cool. It's got it's a two bedroom villa. It's got the uh, master bedroom has a, a little hot tub jacuzzi type thingy. And then the, the um, other bedroom has two beds and it has the shower, bathroom, full bathroom, full kitchen, living room, pool, hot tub, all that good stuff. So it was pretty cool. I needed a getaway. I needed to slow down and relax. So that's pretty much what I did this weekend. We got back on Sunday evening about seven o'clock, but at Sunday around two o'clock, my phone starts going off and it's Fox News. They want me on Friday. First thing Monday morning, 4.30 in the morning, 4.45 actually, at Fox. So I went to the bureau in Atlanta, the Fox Bureau in Atlanta, and uh, did Fox and Friends first. And one of the stories, well, the story I talked about, uh, which is pretty sad, 
and I, I want to talk mostly about Chicago tonight because there's some things happening in Chicago that uh, I saw coming over a year ago, and I actually talked about it on this program. A lot of people said I was crazy, uh, but there's some things going on in Chicago where the citizens of Chicago are truly fed up, and they're pointing the finger at one of their leaders. And I said it a year ago that this would happen because of a spike in crime and murders, but I want to talk about what's going on in Chicago. But first, when I was on Fox on yesterday, yesterday morning, Fox and Friends 445, and if you go to my website, Vincent Hill TV, I will have the link posted here uh, in the next day or so. Um, there was an illegal immigrant from Iraq who uh, shot a police officer in the head. The police officer's hanging on for dear life. Uh, as of yesterday, he's hanging on for dear life. And, you know, this guy, not only was he, he an illegal immigrant, he had done so many crimes where he should have been deported four or five years ago. And, you know, one of my talking points on Fox was the fact that because of the lax immigration policies of the last administration, you know, this guy was here and he was able to shoot this police officer in the head, much like a sheep that shot in the head at a slaughterhouse. And I pointed out the fact that, and this is true if you think about it, mainstream media doesn't, A, cover these stories about police officers being shot, and the fact that this guy was Iraqi. Had he been affected by President Trump's travel ban, the mainstream media and the left would have been, oh my God, President Trump, another person affected by the travel ban. He's such a racist. He's such this. He hates Muslims. He hates Hispanic people. Well, no. Because President Trump really is not saying, and you can go back and watch old videos, because those things still exist on social media and YouTube. You can go back and watch old videos and watch President Obama say the exact same thing about being tougher on immigration and needing to vet people that come into this country. But it was fine when President Obama said it, because, of course, this black guy couldn't be racist. But if President Trump says it, it's racist. But my bigger point was... That in this country, it's really sad that a police officer who is sworn to protect and serve a community can be shot in the head and it not mean a hill of beans to the mainstream media. But if the roles were reversed and this Iraqi immigrant was shot by a white police officer, that would be a story for CNN. Or if this Iraqi immigrant who has a criminal history was held on a travel ban, that would be a main story for CNN. So it's really sad in this country that that's how it is. And, you know, President Trump ran his campaign on Make America Great Again. If I decided to run in, say, 2024, because it's way too late for 2020, there's no way I can get my campaign ready by then. But if I decided to run in 2024 for President of the United States, my campaign may go something like Make Policing Safe Again, because 35 officers this year, it's August, shot in the line of duty. 34 of those have died. This officer in Colorado who was shot by this illegal Iraqi immigrant, keep in mind, was shot in the head. His chances are of survival are not really that great. So I don't want to say 35 officers shot and 35 officers killed because I pray that this officer survives, but I'm looking at his chances of of survival and part of the problem and I've said this before is that the mainstream media 
paints police a certain way. They paint them as racist, just like they paint the president as racist. They say some people on the left, especially the far left, you should go after Trump supporters. For some reason, police get associated with President Trump, whether they voted for him or not, simply because President Trump supports police. And he supports vetting people that come in this country, as we should. I can't go to Germany, even though I have a German a birth certificate that says I was born in Germany. I can't go over there and say, hey, I'm here. I want free food. I want housing. I want a job. I want a car. And I'm not leaving. And you're going to give it to me. I can't do that. So why shouldn't we or why wouldn't we do that in this country? That's just simple common sense. But it's sad on so many levels. Yet again, another brother in blue shot in the line of duty by someone that A, should not have had a gun, by someone that shouldn't have been here, by someone who really doesn't value the life of a police officer, probably because of everything that he hears on a daily basis from the mainstream media that cops are bad guys, cops are dirty, cops are racist, cops support President Trump, all of this other hoopla that people hear on a daily basis is probably what drove this guy to shoot this police officer. Again, a guy that shouldn't have been here in the first place. Now, enough about that. Let's get to Chicago. Now, about a year or so ago, I talked about Chicago and their crime rate, especially their murder rate. And, you know, I was talking mostly it was about uh, during the time of Freddie Gray, I think. And, you know, I made the comment that, you know, I don't see like Benjamin Crump and Al Sharpton and and all of these people that we always see uh, during these times when people are killed by police going to Chicago and trying to fix that problem there. And I don't see the hashtags of the hundreds and hundreds of black names that were killed by shooting. I don't see the protests. I don't see the kneeling. But yet all of these NFL players can quote Alton Sterling, Michael Brown, Freddie Gray, but they can't name you the 700 plus names a year in the city of Chicago. So I said a year ago, you know, that everyone was in an uproar that, oh, we need police reform. And the guy that was leading that charge was the city's very own mayor, Mayor Rahm Emanuel. Now, first of all, if I'm a police officer and my boss's boss, usually the mayor is over the chief, is telling me that we need police reform because one person was shot by police or people question a police shooting. But yet I see on a daily basis as a police officer what the mayor doesn't see when I respond to these shootings and I see dead 12 year olds, dead 11 year olds dead nine-year-olds kind of would piss me off to hear my mayor saying that we need police reform. Now, a year ago, I said, hey, this guy, this Rahm Emanuel, could really care less about the black community in the city of Chicago. I said it then, and I said it just like the election, this last election, that when you were saying that we support this, we support police reform, we support this, It was really just to get the black vote. 
And now I think the people in the city of Chicago are starting to see this. And here's why. So it's 2018. Hmm. More than 1,600 people have been shot in the city of Chicago this year. Now, there's a few problems with that. That's more people than in freaking Iraq that have been shot in a year, okay? The U.S. soldiers that are over there, that's more than that. So let's look at it from just this past weekend. 62 people shot, 12 fatally this past weekend. So that's 12 hashtags that Colin Kaepernick's not tweeting out, that the NFL's not kneeling for, that all of these athletes that are saying, oh, police just go in the black community and do all of this damage. So there's 12 people who didn't get the same respect as if they did if they would have been killed by the police. That's 12 people whose families still value their lives because it was their loved one. So should they not get that same respect? Or again, is it the mainstream media tilting things one way? So 66 people, 12 killed in one weekend. So now in the city of Chicago, there have been a lot of protests in the last week or so. Not protest against the police, but protest against the crime and more importantly, the mayor. And it's gotten so bad that some people have said they're hiding their children. They don't even let their children grow out. Some people have said they feel like they're a hostage in their own community because they're scared of getting hit by a straight bullet. I can't say that I blame them if 66 people got shot in one weekend and 12 of those died. That is kind of like you're a freaking hostage in a third world country and you don't want to go anywhere. So one of the things that Rahm Emanuel says, the, the mayor that he said a while back was, this is a Trump free zone. And he made it a sanctuary city. So again, that goes to needing votes, but I'll get to that. So now there's a lot of people in the community Black people, you know, even though Trump's a racist, there's a lot of black people in the community, even some that are in official offices that are saying, hey, this is not a Trump free zone. And obviously we need help in the city of Chicago. So what they're doing is they're calling for the resignation of Mayor Rahm Emanuel, the great Democratic hope that was going to make Chicago better for all black people. It was for the votes. Now, let me dive into this, right? It's a Trump-free zone, according to this mayor. It's a sanctuary city now, according to this mayor. Let's add this up. The mayor, he's not dumb. He's got people. He's got statistics. He hears. He reads emails. This movement of trying to get the mayor out and this movement of the people of the city of Chicago being upset with his performance and fighting crime and getting illegal guns off the street, talk about gun control, it's been coming for a while. It just didn't happen last week. It's been coming for a while. So what does he do? Oh, I think I'm going to start losing these votes. I know what I'll do. I'll make this a sanctuary city and... I will make sure 
that those people coming here for sanctuary have a right to vote. And guess what? They will vote for me because I made Chicago a sanctuary city. So as I start to lose votes in the black community because they see I'm full of crap and I really don't care about them because if I did, instead of targeting my police department, I would actually be going out and talking to my police department of saying, how do we get illegal guns off the street? How do we do community policing? How do we keep our citizens of Chicago safe so that 12 people in one weekend don't die? How do we keep our city of Chicago safe so that 66 people in one weekend don't get shot? Or that 700 people that look like Freddie Gray or Alton Sterling or Michael Brown or all these hashtags that we hear don't get killed every year by people that look just like them. That's what I would be doing as a mayor that really cared about my community. But I said it a year ago, I'll say it again. Rahm Emanuel does not care about the black community. Rahm Emanuel cares about votes and how to get him into office. Because quite frankly, if he did care about the black community, he wouldn't concern himself with turning Chicago a sanctuary city, whether he agreed with President Trump's policies or not. He wouldn't concern himself with making sure they had the right to vote, even though they're here under sanctuary. He could care less about that if he really cared about what was going on in the city of Chicago. This was all by design to try to keep him in office. It's that simple. Oh, and let's not forget that last year, in order to divert blame from himself, Rahm Emanuel fires his superintendent, McCarthy, to try to point blame at him for everything that's going on in the city of Chicago. Remember, first it was police reform. Then it was, oh, it's the superintendent and the leadership of the police department. Why we have so much crime. He's still not addressing the issue that we need crime reform. We need gun control in the inner cities, illegal guns on the street. He's not addressing that. But to protect himself and to divert suspicion from himself last year, oh, I'll just fire the superintendent and that will make everyone happy. But it didn't quite work. Superintendent McCarthy and I began a discussion on Sunday about the direction of the department and the undeniable fact that the public trust in the leadership of the department has been shaken. Okay, so now you fire this guy, you bring in this other guy, Eddie Johnson, and now he's like the superintendent, but your crime in the city of Chicago, Mayor Rahm Emanuel, is still through the roof. There's still hundreds of people dying each year in your city, dozens of people dying on any given weekend in your city more than in a war zone per se so now what is the problem oh i get it it's still not your fault it's still a little bit of the police's fault because you need police reform but you're still not touching on what the true issue is here and it's guns well you kind of are but you're also blaming the communities the demographics that got you in office and you're saying they have no values 
And if I were them, I would be calling for your resignation too. Well, my crime rate is up and you say that me and mine have no values and we don't value anything. There are too many guns on the street, too many people with criminal records on the street. And there is a shortage of values about what is right, what is wrong. Whoa, 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 Mr. Mayor. Too many guns on the street, but more importantly, too many people with criminal records on the street that have guns? Well, isn't that more of a law enforcement slash law issue than it is a police reform issue? So when are you going to take the blame for anything? Because you've been the mayor since 2011. Here we are seven years later. Your murder rate keeps climbing. You've just said there's too many guns on the street and too many criminals with guns on the street. But what have you done about it to fix it? You've done absolutely nothing. You have the influence, the power, the ability to get laws passed in your city, in your state. But because you don't like the new administration, I'll just make this a sanctuary city in Chicago. And I don't care if more little black boys or innocent grandmothers or innocent babies get killed as long as I don't have to go to President Trump and say I need a law in my state, in my city. Too many guns, too many people with guns who have criminal records, but you're concerned about turning your city into a sanctuary state. Again, not because you feel it's the right thing to do, but because you know there's a lot of people gunning for your office right now. One of those people is the guy you fired, your former superintendent, who knows policing, who knows crime reform, who knows community policing, who knows all the things to fix the crap that you've let go for the last seven years. So how do you handle that? How do you combat it? Do you try to fix the problem? No. I will just let all of these people come here for sanctuary. Come here. I don't believe in President Trump's policies either. But while you're here, please cast your vote for me because you gave them IDs so that they will have an ID to go vote. You say you did it because, oh, everyone needs it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Everyone does need an ID, but you simply did it to try to hold on again to your position. And if you get reelected, it's still going to be more of the same. You're not going to care about all of these guns on the street you just talked about or all of the criminals who have guns. I've been saying that for years while you, Hillary Clinton and everyone else who says we need police reform has been spewing that down people's throats. I've been saying for years we need crime reform. And you just said it yourself, Mr. Mayor. There's too many people who shouldn't have guns on the streets of Chicago because they have criminal records. And while you could use your mayoral powers for something good, you choose not to. So what will your legacy be, your legacy be, Rahm Emanuel, when you leave that office, whether you get your butt kicked in this next election or if you just decide to leave, it doesn't look like you're deciding to resign, even though that's what the black community who got you in that office are asking you to do because they're fed up with you. 
They're not going to vote for you for sure, especially if they're trying to get you out of that office right now. So what will your legacy be? You took office 2011. Oh, it's great because it's the same city that President Obama's from. Well, it's not great because every year that number goes higher, 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 and higher. And while you're telling officers we need police reform and you're wrong and you're this and you need better training and you're that and those officers are slow to respond, don't respond, not as quick to use deadly force, then they put themselves in danger because they don't want you going on CNN and talking bad about them. And they're not being proactive to find these hundreds of guns you just mentioned in this presser. And they're not being proactive to go out and find these people that should not have guns. What do you think your crime rate is going to do? So your legacy, I can spell it out for you, Mr. Mayor Rahm Emanuel, your legacy will simply be that thousands upon thousands of people died under your watch. You can blame your old superintendent. You can blame police reform. You can blame the hundreds of guns on the street. You can blame whatever you want to blame. But your legacy simply will be thousands of people died under your watch because you were more concerned about simply staying in and staying in office than you were, were concerned about actually making change in your city. And what you did is you played on the black vote when you got in the office and you continued to play on it to get you back in the office. But it took a little time. It took a little time for the black community to smell your bullcrap. It took sometimes if, you know, it's way downstream. It takes a while. Someone farts. It takes a while for the smell to hit you. But now they smell your bullcrap. Now they want real change in their city. Anytime there's a parent saying they're hiding their child, hiding their child in their house or their apartment in fear they will get shot. God dang, that is not a place I would ever want to live. That's dang sure not a place I would ever want to raise my child. I want to be able to go out and not have to fear getting hit by a stray bullet because one of those guys that you just mentioned who shouldn't have a gun is on the street. Not because he got lucky, but because you, as the mayor who's over the police department, who has the direct ear to the governor, who then has the direct ear to the president. Oh, I know you don't like the president. You have the ability to change things. So if you think that there should be stricter sentencing on people where they don't get out and where they don't go out and commit the same crimes over and over again, you can fix that. If you really wanted to get illegal guns off the streets in the city of Chicago, what you could do instead of attacking your police officers would be to give them more freedom to be that proactive. But you'd be more concerned Oh, well, it says here that you stopped 30 cars last week and 28 of the people were black. Well, Mr. Mayor, it's because I was in an all-black community. Oh, that's racial disparity. Don't do it. 
Don't be proactive. It's racial disparity. You're being biased. No, it's called policing and it's called proactive policing. And if I'm in a certain demographic where that population happens to be black African-American, then those are the people I'm going to come in contact with, Mr. Mayor. But your, your whole mindset is so messed up, so inappropriate, because it's all about staying in office. It's all about the votes. Oh, shoot, I'm about to lose the black vote. What can I do? What can I do? What can I what What, what can I do? I got it. Chicago is now a sanctuary city. And I'm going to get you an ID so you too can go get an apartment in a store. And buy. No, I'm going to get you an ID so you can go vote. I'm going to get you an ID so you can go to the voter's office with a big smile and say, I vote for Mayor Rahm Emanuel because he's our guy. That's all he cares about. If he cared about the city of Chicago in the last seven years, that thing would be like bump, bump. Uh, I don't want to say the word. I'm trying not to curse. It would be like some little city in Iowa that had like two crimes a year. If he really cared about the city of Chicago, seven years, he has not asked for any federal assistance. Seven years, he has not asked for anything besides vote for me. I support you. I've got your back. No, you don't. Because 80% of the city is in poverty. 95% of your demographic, your constituents, are in poverty. Their family members are being shot on a daily basis. Their family members are going to prison on a regular basis. You don't care about the city of Chicago because if you did... You would be fixing that. And it wouldn't have taken you seven years to fix it. Rahm Emanuel only cares about himself. Now listen, I'm not one of those guys that say, yeah, people should resign because we hear that all the time. Oh, we need that person to resign, blah, blah, blah. In this case, I say Rahm Emanuel does need to resign. He has not done anything for the city of Chicago but left it 10 times worse, if not more, than when he took office. If you don't believe me, go back and look at the stats from the time he took office back in 2011 until now. Keep in mind, this past weekend, 66 people shot. 12 of those 66 are dead. And in some cities across this country, you don't get 12 murders a year, let alone in a weekend. Think about that. Let it set in. In some cities in this country, you have less than 12 murders a year. But in one city that's not really that big, it looks big, but square mileage wise, it's not big, especially when you condense that square mileage to where the actual crimes are taking place. One city, 12 murders in one weekend. That is ridiculous. And yes, the leader of that city should step down. He should resign because it's only going to get worse as long as he's in that chair. All right, it's time to switch gears because we are out of time. I thank you for listening. Of course, it's time for my 10-7 segment. 
Tonight, I want to honor investigator Timothy Dale Cole Sr., Comanche County District Attorney's Office in Oklahoma. His end of watch was this past Saturday, August the 4th, 2018. Investigator Tim Cole succumbed to a gunshot wound sustained on July, oh, I'm sorry, on June 18th, 2007, while attempting to serve a high risk search warrant at a condominium at 2802 Northeast 9th Street in Lawton, Oklahoma. Investigator Cole was assigned to the Comanche County Drug Task Force and was assisting members of the Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs in serving a warrant at approximately 6.40 a.m. The subject had sold methamphetamine to undercover agents on two occasions and was known to be armed. As agents attempted to breach the door, the man opened fire from inside, shooting through the door and striking investigator Cole and an OBN agent. Other agents returned fire and killed the subject. Investigator Cole suffered a spinal cord injury that rendered him a paraplegic. His health continued to deteriorate and he died from complications of his wound on August 4th, 2018. Investigator Cole is survived by his wife, three children, eight grandchildren, parents, and three siblings. He was 61 years old. And all I can say is, wow, that that is tragic. Not only that he was shot so many years ago, 11 years ago, left him paraplegic, but the fact that he left behind so many people, his wife, three children, eight grandchildren, let that sink in, eight grandchildren and his parents and three siblings. And as a parent, no parent wants to bury their child, no matter what age they were. And, and Timothy Cole was 61 years old, so I cannot imagine what his entire family's going through. I thank him for his service. I thank him for protecting the community against dangerous drug dealers. That's what he was doing on the day he was shot. Unfortunately, he passed away 11 years later, almost 11 years to the date. I want to thank you for listening. Again, I want to thank you for making this one of the fastest growing podcasts out there. Catch me, of course, on Fox News when you can. Law and Crime Network. I'm back to hosting only on Fridays from 12 to 3 uh, at Law and Crime Dot com And we got a big announcement coming up out of the Law and Crime Network here in the next couple of weeks. I think you'll enjoy it. I know I will enjoy it because it will give us more visibility. I can't wait to share that. But thank you so much for listening. I will see you right here, same time, same place next week. RadioInfluence.com. Good night. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, Follow Vincent on Twitter at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. This is a dark to light with Frank and Beans quick fix on Radio Influence. If Sarah Sanders was a police officer, would you mess with that woman? No. Would you mess with that woman ever? I wouldn't mess with her ever if she was a she was a just a, a member of the local PTA. That woman is amazing. I would say this: if Sarah Sanders was a man, and if Jim Acosta was a woman, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I mean, what are we even talking about here?
You're right. I didn't even do that. I never flipped the script around to think about what that would have been like. Do a gender flip just and test out anything that you see going on that is only excused because of everybody's political affiliations. We want to think about this out loud for a second. If you did a gender flip of Sanders being a man and Acosta being a woman, Sanders would have been destroyed. <laughs> no, it's 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 really it's just remarkable. It's remarkable because it really it it, it accentuates and it's not you know calling people out and this and that. All of this war on women stuff and all of this stuff. Obviously, this has nothing to do with actually caring about uh, women and 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 being being nice to each other and and being you know what what whatever having decorum it has nothing to do with it because if if. Certain types of behavior are excused along party lines, and it's obviously just a party platform nonsense point. Dark to Light with Frank and Beans can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.